Pulp MX Network production. You cast me What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity. All right, man? Welcome back to another episode of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. I'm Darkside from the Moto X Pod Show, and we are about to discuss this week's Pulp MX Show. But first, I have to thank all of our amazing sponsors. You know all about Michelin Motorcycle Tires from the Pulp MX Show, and now I'm excited to announce that Michelin Bicycle Tires is a proud sponsor of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire, and to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium-finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin Bicycle Tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, Stay tuned for more info about a Pulpamex discount code on Michelin Bicycle Tires. Follow at Michelin Bicycle on Instagram and check out bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products. And of course, Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson and Jeremy McGrath in the 90s, to Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, JGR Suzuki, and many more. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. And those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motorsport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsports.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at Motorsport.com. And, of course, don't forget to go to PulpMixShow.com for all the sponsored links and discount codes. If you want to be on the Pulpamex Wrap-Up Show, or you have questions or comments, or you want to submit a question for the Hello Pookie segment, just send them to DarkSide at PulpMix.com. Okay, let's get to our guests. All right, first up, brought to you by Guts Racing, PMRX's Cade Clayson. What's up, dude? Dude, what's up, Dark Side? How are we doing? We're doing good, man. I'm glad to get this thing going. This is uh, I'm, I'm excited to have you on. Uh, this is your first wrap-up show. And uh, I also want to introduce you, uh, brought to you by Michelin Motorcycle Tires, but also from Vertex Pistons, Mr. James Schuster. What's up, James? Hey, Dark Side. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. So did I say your last name correctly? Yeah. All right. So the first thing I got to say is, as I I said on Pulp Monday night, thank you for uh, the help uh, as a one of the ma- many sponsors of Pulp MX. You guys hook up the listeners, and you hooked me up with uh, parts for my 15 that came in yesterday, and that thing will be back together tomorrow. So I get to go riding this weekend. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Uh, just don't just don't crash again, dude. I don't crash my bikes. Well, I, I shouldn't say that. That's, <laughs> not, that's not actually true. But yeah, I will do my best to not crash. Um, all right, guys, we're here tonight to talk about episode 422. Uh, Cade Clayson in studio, obviously on the phone tonight. And the dude, the awesome, the legend Jim Holly with the stories he has. Holy crap, what an episode, Cade. And I know by watching YouTube live, by your facial reactions, you did not know the stories that Jim has. Dude, I mean, I don't even know why I was there. I was so <laughs> overshadowed by his awesomeness. 
Like, yeah, it was mind blowing. Um, it was, you know, I, I, I knew Jim Holly race, you know, I've never been a guy like about, you know, that era of people. Like I never really paid much attention to it. No disrespect to them. It's just never been my thing. Yeah. Um, and man, it was, it was so cool to hear his stories and to hear about all, you know, those legendary races like Montreal and, you know, all the, you know, races overseas that he's gone and done and just stories from back in the day, man. You know, yeah. I know what it's like now and I can only imagine <laughs> what it was like back then. Right. Well, we're going to get to Holly. Uh, I know we got a lot to talk about with him. He's a major part of the show. Uh, on episode 422, on the line, they had Chase Sexton, Justin Brayton, Jared Meese, and Daniel Blair, and of course, Jason Thomas. Uh, first topic I want to talk about, just right off the bat, um, James, Kay Clayson in studio, right? I mean, we have a, we have riders in studio all the time. I think Kay did a really great job. Um, a, a really good conversation about the state of racing right now, what he's doing on or off the bike, um, and just some interesting stuff. What do you think about Kate on the on in studio? Well, I thought he was good, and what really intrigued me was, it, and I'll just throw it out there, I'm not usually a live listener. I, I'll usually listen on my archives, and I'm a couple weeks behind, but oh, okay. with all the with all the COVID-19 stuff going on, I was intrigued to hear what he was doing to um, keep his fitness up and take advantage of training some kids um, from what it sounds like, and um really just to hear everybody's kind of perspective on the, on the state of the, our situation. So Yeah. Yeah. And, and Kate, I was pretty, in, I, I thought it was interesting when you said how it's hard to get motivated, not really knowing what's going on. Uh, and I think Chase actually mirrored that statement. Um, but, you know, a lot of times writers won't say stuff like that. I've had some guys say, oh, no, you know, I'm always ready or whatever. So I kind of appreciated the, the honesty from you. But um how, how was it being in the studio for the whole show? Is that that's not the first time you've been in the studio for the whole thing, is it? Uh, no, I think it was the third one I did. Yeah, I did I one so. with the A Ray. Yeah, and yeah. I did one earlier this year with uh, the guy from the Rex Vice. Um, okay. But no, it's good, man. I, I love going in the studio. Um, you know, I think I learn a lot every time I do it. I really enjoy that stuff. Um, you know, Steve's easy to do it with because he's so good at his freaking job. Um, <laughs> So it uh, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it a lot. Yeah, yeah, you did a great job. I thought, you know, um, you were you were you, uh, ad- admittedly uh, overshadowed by Jim a little bit, and I think you got a little fed up with the quad talk, which we're we're going to get into tonight here in a little bit. Um, but I, I texted, uh, well, I texted Steve and with about the Holly thing, and I was like, dude, you got to do a Patreon only, like full on story Jim Holly stories, you know. And Patreon, if you guys don't know, is a it's a like a website where you can go pay money and contribute to the show. And like he puts up, Steve puts up stuff sometimes for Patreon listeners. That's it's usually just content that he puts up early. But I think if he did a Jim Holly Patreon only like two hour storytelling thing, that people would have to fork over the money for it. Uh, but then I also at some point texted Dune Goon. I was like, dude, you got to give Cade a Red Bull because I think he's he's faded out on all this quad talk. You were kind of over it. It seemed like, dude, I was. I was so <laughs> over it. And I. I, I... <laughs> I don't want to be like misunderstood. I am not team quad. Everyone needs to get that. Like I had all these quad dudes follow me after the show. Right. And a couple, a couple DM me and I'm like, no guys, I'm not team quad. I'm just, I'm also not team Steve. Like I, I, <laughs> I, I respect you guys. You're good, but I'm not team quad. Right. <laughs> That's not me. <laughs> 
Well, again, well, we're going to get into that topic here in a minute, too. Um, so let's hold off for just a minute. Um, big topic of the night and this last week is the fact that Feld wants to have Supercross in Glendale uh, mid-May, probably towards the end of May and do seven races, you know, and, you know, logistically, whether that can happen, thoughts, all that kind of stuff, um, you know, and whether Supercross should be before outdoors, you know, most everybody thinks it would be best. The teams think that, uh, Jim Holly said, if he was a rider, he'd rather do Supercross before, not after, um, James, what do you think, man? I mean, I'm just excited if we get racing period, but I totally understand, you know, the thoughts of, the teams and what Steve's saying, like Supercross, let's get it over. Let's get it done. Absolutely. I mean, uh, logistically and, and really, um, you know, um, to align with everybody's schedule for the athletes, um, the testing, um, the, the new bikes coming out for 2021, it all, you know, and the, and the setup that the teams would have to do to prepare for the 2021 Supercross, it all kind of, um, makes sense to have it before the outdoors. Um, but if, you know, if, you know, like it did, but if shit hit fan <laughs> to, to mentor this situation, um, I think that the potential to finish it up after the outdoors is, is still there and viable. Yeah. It, it was... Obviously the, the preferred, the preferred situation would be before the outdoors. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree, but it, I really appreciate the fact that, you know, through Steve's shows, uh, the Pulpamex show, and also the, the Steve Mathis podcast where that he does with Weege and JT, you get a variety of thoughts and opinions, you know, like JT uh, Cade has said, I don't know if you listen to everything, but JT has mentioned, you know, for like fly racing, it'd almost be better to do it towards the end of the year if, if we could get fans in there, you know, because for a business like Fly and, you know, Toyota, the people that sponsor the series, obviously they want the fans there. They want to be there to do their promotions. And, it, you know, so you see these, there's these different sides that as a fan like myself, you don't necessarily think about. Like I'm thinking about, okay, if we do this in May, I'm certainly not one of the top uh, media guys. So even if any media gets to go, chances are I'm not going to get the go. So I'd almost rather wait also so that I could go and cover it. Um, but Kate, you know, again, you talked about it being hard to get motivated and chase Sexton said, it's sort of hard to train for that kind of stuff. Um, you know, what do you find yourself mentally? Like, how do you prepare for this? I know you talked about it a little bit money, not, but like, how do you decide when it's time to hit the button? And let's, let's go. Uh, I mean, some guys have stayed on it. You know, they, they never really quit, which I thought was a bit overkill, but, um, you know, uh, my plan is to start riding this weekend. Okay. Um, you know, I've, I'm getting it set up. Supercross track is almost ready. We, it got a little beat down with some rain and stuff. Nobody pressed it, but, you know, I'm going to start riding. You know, the guys back east, they started riding this week. Um, you know, we heard about this. There's a really good chance it's going to happen. Um, it was really motivating once we all heard this. Yeah. Like, like I said, like a couple of me and my friends, you know, we chat, you know, we talk about things that we don't really talk about with public, but yeah, it was hard. It's hard to like want to get up and do bike work and work out and do this stuff that we do every day, you know, when we don't really have to, when we have no reason to do it because we don't know what's going on, you know? Sure. Sure. Um, and okay, you know, that's, that's just part of it. Um, and, you know, once we kind of heard, like, oh, we could go racing in, you know, less than a month, it's like, oh, yeah, game on, let's do this. 
you know, let's all get, and you know, it was, it was super motivating to do it. So, you know, once, literally once we had a general day, it was like, it's like, all right, let's make this happen. Yeah. You made the comment, like they need to tell us this week, like it, it, you know, everybody, teams, riders, they have to start all the preparations. Um, So yeah, I thought that was a really good comment too, because, you know, again, somebody like myself or uh, the average fan might be like, well, you know, really, what do you got to do? Throw the bike in the trailer and let's go. But really there's a lot of, lot to take care of, a lot of logistics, hotels, what they're going to do with the riders, whether, you know, they're going to try to make you guys stay in one hotel or whatever. Lot to, still a lot to do in just, you know, a very short amount of time. But I really appreciate how Steve does have a lot of different people on with different opinions from different parts of the industry. So you get all the different sides and you can kind of take it all in and form your own opinion. Um, all right, let's move on to the uh, the auction that he's been talking about for a little while. Uh, Steve and Adam Cincerillo are, you know, obviously Ron Tishner had a crash and got hurt. Um, James, and they talked about that over the last couple of shows. And they're doing an auction on eBay, which you can get the link through pulpamex.com. And, you know, uh, bid on coming into studio and sitting in with AC, which we all know Steve well enough, just even if you just listen to the show, you know that Steve is not super keen on having random people, hell, even hanging out with him and going riding mountain bikes, let alone coming to the house and sitting in studio. So I think that's that's pretty big of Steve to do that, James, and AC to uh, agree to it. Absolutely. Um, I think it's really cool on AC's part that he's he's going out of his way to try to raise some money for Ron. Um, shows kind of what a you know what a class act he is and, and giving back to the situation. Um, you know I I don't know how um, you know how how Steve is really with I, I mean I've heard him say he doesn't want, you know you know, all his fans in his house and hanging out with him and mountain biking with him, but I think you know, one person um, for one show, I, I would assume that he could get over it. He's had plenty of <laughs> yeah. other, other people. I, I've been in house in his house a long time ago. Um, but, uh, um, you, know, I, I don't, you know, I don't know if he just plays that up too much or, or if that's really how he feels. And he, he is close-knit and uh, doesn't want strangers in his house. Yeah, and completely understandable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the studio literally is downstairs from his living room and kitchen, you know, and his wife and dogs are there, and it, it's certainly understandable. And with a like a lot of things, Kate, I think Steve does play it up. He he likes to uh, Howard Stern it a little bit, you know, shock jock it a little bit. But yeah, I, I definitely don't think that he just wants some random person that you know he has no background check on showing up at his house. So again, I think it's it says a lot about Steve and wh- how he feels about the industry and the people that he's willing to help out. Uh, that he is willing to just have somebody show up. You know, I mean that's that says a lot about him, Caden. Oh, it really does. Um, I think Steve is probably one of the best people in the industry about giving back. Yep. You know, like he does the Yamaha thing. You know that that you know that's a little bit of advertisement for him, but in reality, he doesn't get any of that money. You know he. You know, he just does that, raises money for guys like myself. Um, you know, obviously the Ryan Tishner thing. And those are just two things that, you know, he does multiple things like that a year. So he uh, he, he does a lot to give back. So, I mean, he's very appreciated all the way around. 
Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, like you said, he doesn't take any money. He doesn't take a cut out of that. Um, you know, and, and right now with the uh, the situation the world's in right now and, and businesses, some of the sponsors have cut back. Uh, he made a post today, not like crying about it, but just saying, hey, you know, it affects everybody, but he's still willing to give back, uh, you know, and even like with my parts, you know, that I, I, I asked him about um, – the Vertex stuff, you know, say, hey, how do I get in touch with Vertex for the to see what the discount is? And and he did it for me. He just emailed me back and said, I got, you know, just do this and just taken care of. Like he he will go out of his way to help people. Um, so yeah, don't you guys, you listeners, think that he's quite as cold hearted as he uh, he likes to make you think he is. Um, all right, Jim Holly, let's get into this because uh, honestly, we could talk for hours about Holly, but we don't have that much time. James, uh, tons and tons of stuff we could talk about with Holly. Uh, I mean, the man who brought back a pound of gold from Montreal twice, which I did not know that. That's uh, so, Kate. I don't know all my history quite as well as Steve does either. So, um, I learned a lot from this show. But James, what were some of your favorite stories or moments with Holly in studio? <laughs> well, what I what I love is how he is um, just unabashedly not politically correct. And, <laughs> true, and, true, and and and. And that's what I really like about him. And what really, literally made me almost choke laughing was when um, they start talking about um, flat track racing. And he's pretty knowledgeable about flat track racing, obviously, from the show. And, and you know, the best female flat tracker is Shanna Texter. And he goes, somewhere she's got a set of balls. Yeah. And <laughs> that was just awesome and, and just amazingly funny. But, um you know, and then he says something like towards the end of the show where, you know, he's a whore for money and, and, uh, what a, just what a genuine character all around. I mean, his experiences and, and, uh, the way he tells stories and the way he's not shy about it. And he still, you know, admit some, uh, faults here and there. And, and, uh, he's just an open book, which is what we all love to listen to. Yeah, he's old school, Cade. Um, he, yeah, like like James just said, he's not politi- politically correct. Uh, he he's not probably going to change his ways to fit with the PC world that we live in these days. I mean, he he told stories like I have this list in here. So we have you know the Honolulu race story. We have the girls uh, on the airplane that he had to give money to because he couldn't bring so much money back into the country. Uh, there, I'm trying to look through my notes. Bikes getting stolen, guns in the face, uh, all kinds of stuff, dude. Uh, Cade, what about you, man? Was there a, a story that stuck out in your mind right now? Is like just one that maybe blew your mind a little bit? He told me a lot of stories. Like he told all those stories on the air, but then he told us more stories when we were just chilling before uh, and after the show. And it's just like, it's like, dude, how did you experience all this stuff? You know, <laughs> it's like. It's like he's living like a crazier life than A Ray. It's like a rock star, right? I mean, like, like really, like a, like Motley Crue in the eighties. Apparently, Hollywood is like the perfect name for him. Yeah, yeah, he's not, and he know he wasn't embarrassed. He was like, yeah, you know, he, it, you know, he does it just whatever the story. Talking to JT uh, brought up the Polaroids. I mean, apparently, from the stories I've heard, you know, Holly has like, uh, you know, just photo albums full of Polaroids. And for those younger listeners that don't know. That's like a, just a real picture, basically. You take a picture, and it came out of the, the camera literally in your hands, and it developed right there, and he's got these Polaroids of the ladies, James. That's the, that's the rumor, yeah. anyway. Uh, and that is true. Um, I don't know which race it was at, but, and I don't remember who I was with, but I think it was one of the Anaheim's, and, and uh, he had a couple Polaroids with him, and it was 
you know, looked like it was back in the early 80s and and it looked like some trophy girl in a, you know, crop top shirt with um, real short shorts on. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, um, yeah, just what a, <laughs> what a character. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny that he even remembered a couple of their names, which I guess he became friends with them. And uh, again, I just think Steve has to do a, a story time, you know, he, whether he puts it up for, in the Patreon or just on his normal feed, I don't know how, you know, what he could get away with. You know, I don't know how much Jim would tell. Probably if you got Jim talking, he would just go ahead and tell the stories and not worry about it. But, uh, you know, and he, he talks about, uh, he told the story about the crashing in Canada and telling the guys, that, you know, the first turn, just stay down, stay down. Uh, that was a great story that he, he had taken from, um, not who was, not Mag- uh God dang it, my mind's blanking on who he said he got it from. But he had got it the year before from uh, one of the riders. Was it Rollerball? No, it was uh, a guy out east uh, from Massachusetts. Okay, okay. Well, either way, that that was a great story. And just tell everybody to stay down so they'd get a red flag. Uh, And James, another one of the things that you wanted to talk about, just him talking about the Mickey Thompson series and Ultracross. And, Kate, I'm going to ask you about what you know about Mickey Thompson, if anything, in a minute. But, James, talk about that a little bit. Well, it brought back um, memories for me is uh, Mickey Thompson. So I um, I grew up in Southern California, and Mickey Thompson off-road Grand Prix used to come to LA Coliseum every year. And um, you know they, you know back then they promoted on local TV stations. And mm-hmm. I remember being I remember being a little kid asking my dad, you know, to to go, and, and he surprisingly he bought tickets, and, and we all went and. Um, I remember, you know, from the concession stand, he got me one of those slow uh, fluorescent pink hats. And, <laughs> yes, and yes. The, the, the trucks jumping down the uh, parasail in the stadium, uh. I just thought that was cooler than shit. And the cool thing about the Mickey Thompson series was it was trucks, it was buggies, it was I, it was quads. probably three-wheelers I and, think, I think and four-wheelers. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And yeah. dirt bikes. Yep, and so it was this mixture of everything off road that was just badass back then. Yeah, I got to go to a couple of the ones in Vegas when we lived in Barstow for a little while, so I got to see those. I saw Mike Craig. Um, whether I saw McGrath like Steve did or not, I don't remember that to be honest. I don't have the programs anymore, but I know I saw Mike Craig. He was the he was the big name the year I went for sure. Um, but Cade, so here in Holly, talk about this Mickey Thompson Ultracross series. Had you ever heard of it? Do you know anything about it? Man, I had no idea. There were he kept saying this, and I was just like, I would, I googled it on my computer. Yeah, to like get a little bit of insider knowledge. I was trying to be all professional. I had my laptop and I everything saw that. in my lap, and I was like, I was trying to be legit. It didn't do me a whole lot of good, but <laughs> I really tried. Um, but yeah, I googled it. Didn't find much on it. But um, yeah, no, I was trying to take as much as I could. But I'd never heard about it. Well, I'll tell you what. After listening to the show, I actually went on YouTube and pulled up some Mickey Thompson stuff. And there is a, there's like a video clip. It's maybe 45 minutes long. I think it's from like Wild World Sports or something. And it, I mean, it's it's you know it's 80s for sure. But it's uh, like the best of Mickey Mickey Thompson. So you should check that out. There's some really big highlights of Ricky Johnson driving the trucks and. Ivan Stewart, and then some motorci- the Ultra Cross, which was the motorcycle series. Yeah, go check that out if you get some time. Okay, so let's move on from Jim Hawley, even though we could talk about it. Um, oh, real quick, though, James, you did mention in your notes that you really like when Daniel Blair came came on, that those guys really seem like 
like their family really after being on race day live for a few years uh their their bond their relationship is pretty tight yeah and um you know they they joke around and they you know uh, uh, jim will say daniel son and <laughs> and daniel say uncle jim yeah and and there's you can tell they're really close and then when when jim's like hey Give me your address so I can send your son a birthday gift of a hundred bucks. You know that to me it just it just showed how close um, they are and how close the relationship is. And I thought it was funny that uh, Daniel said his wife said that was too much money for his ten year old. <laughs> yeah, Maggie, Maggie, Maggie runs a tight. If shoot. I was ten, I'd take a hundred bucks. No doubt. Yeah, I, I thought about texting Daniel. I said, "Dude, come on, man. That, that's like you know a set of tires or something." But uh, and uh, yeah, there I've got to meet Holly a couple times, just you know at Supercrosses briefly, and he's it's just a super friendly guy. I don't I haven't had the bond with him where I got to talk stories and stuff, but he is a good dude for sure. Um, all right, okay, let's get into some quad talk a little bit. We'll try to make it not too painful. Um, <laughs> I hear the huff. All right, so Justin Brayton is the guest, and uh, he, he says he was uh, kind of thrown to the wolves, and apparently now I'm a quad rider, thanks to Steve last week saying that Justin Brayton started with Eli Tomac, but moved on to Justin Brayton, saying that Brayton could be, uh, you know, top three, I think, in a quad, or top five in a quad national within like a, a day or two. It changed, you know, a week, a month, a few months. Uh, but Steve is pretty adamant about moto guys being able to adjust to quads much quicker than quad guys could adjust to moto guys uh again Cade, you said you're not so much on the quad side but you're just against steve but again this is one of those things where i think steve is you know hyping it a little much for content you know just to get people excited man i don't know you don't know I mean, you, I, you I, think I, he really I, believes it i'm a, i think he really does you know, and like I said, like, it's not impossible. Like, yeah, could a dude go out and I, maybe, maybe I'm more comfortable on a quad than I am a dirt bike. I don't know. Right. I haven't rode a quad since I was a little kid. Um, well, you know, I could go out and ride a quad and be like, well, this is so sick. Like, why haven't I done this my whole life? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you do know quads are faster because they have four wheels, more traction, right? Yeah. They're only 150 pounds heavier too. <laughs> Uh, just, on, I don't know. You know, there's so many variables when you really break it down, right? The track conditions, uh, you know, experience, different abilities of riders, James. But for content purposes, which is why we listen to this show, like, look, we listen for the, we listen to Pulpamex to get the latest news, the, the, you know, the inside scoop. But we also listen to it for Lasergate and for Quad Nation and for Berluti and, you know, all the, the, whatever all the stories you know this this quad freaking deal is some is one of the reasons we tune in whether you act like you hate it or not it is entertaining absolutely i and i i think maybe it's a coincidence um i know the the i think the quad uh rider capabilities came up back around uh uh daytona with um uh, there was a quad rider who wore his own jersey to the race that we saw, and, and I said, I don't know if it snowballed from there, but it's almost like the perfect timing of we don't have Supercross, and so Steve 
drops this grenade of starting this quad versus dirt bike kind of <laughs> yeah. controversy. Yeah. And it's just funnier than shit. Um, whichever side you're on. I mean, it, I, you know, there's probably since the history and creation of three wheelers and four wheelers, there's always been a, probably a rub against, um, dirt bikes and three wheelers and four wheelers. Oh, but, for sure. Um, um, so I just think to, it's like throwing a um, match on Tinder, man. I, you know, just, uh, the, the material there is, uh, endless in the controversy of who's better and who's faster. Yeah. And, and there's really no way to ever get an honest answer or, you know, an accurate answer. It's just not, it's, it's apples to oranges, but so being a longtime supporter of the show with Vertex Pistons and being, just being a fan of the show, um, how the, okay, let's do percent pie, right? Let's do the, the, the blame pie. Basically what's the percentage of stuff Steve blows out of proportion compared to what he truly believes. What would you say when it comes to in general, just these weird topics? Um, I would guess it's probably closer to 50, 50, um, where he is, genuine about um, um, the factual things. And then I think he also um, realizes that um, there's some controversy and some topics and, and like his relationship with JT, he and JT argue about everything. Yeah. Now, does, is that truly how they feel or is Steve just arguing to argue? Um, so I think um, with those two, they both sometimes they, they just can't, it hurts them to agree. You know, they, they, it, it really eats at them. If they do agree, they almost have to disagree. What do you think, Cade? Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. They, I mean, I don't think a lot of people realize how good of friends they actually are. Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, they just, they just have to argue to argue, you know, even if they, even if they agreed, they would probably find a way to disagree. Oh, I totally, and, I totally agree with that. I, I think the both of them are smart enough to realize that's what makes entertainment for us. Yep. Yeah, and that's really what it's about. I mean, look, this show is not well, – I was about to say it's not CNN, but you know, CNN is, and Fox News and all that, all the news stories are almost uh, just become – you can't really – they're not really f- so factual anymore anyway. So I was about to say it's not like the real news, but the show, we listened again for entertainment. That's certainly why I go to it. Because if I just wanted the the news source, Steve tweets most of the stories out, you know, the important stuff anyway. I listen to this show for the the, the relationships, the calls. Um, I certainly don't listen to get bashed on like I do by Steve so much. But, uh, you know, we listen for the these moments, I think. These are the moments that we'll remember in, a, in two or three years. We'll be like, hey, remember the quad controversy? Like, that's going to be a thing from now on. Um, and Hammy, I mean, Hammy, <laughs> he's, he's becoming a... Uh, uh, a figure on the show that people, you know, he's polarizing. Some guys don't like him. Uh, he actually reached out to me last week and he, he's like, Hey man, I, you know, he was a little, little drunk. So some of his opinions were, he got a little riled up with JT two weeks ago, but, uh, and then this week he called, he, <laughs> he called Cade asked if Cade was Cameron McAdoo, which I laughed out loud. I don't know about you, Cade. Hammy, I'm on the same page as you. I don't think it'll happen right away. It's definitely possible. Like it's possible. You McAdoo? Can... No. No, I didn't laugh. I love Cameron. <laughs> I don't sound anything like Cameron. Was he? Is he? Is he? Is he literally that single-minded that he doesn't even pay attention to who's actually on the show? He's just like, ah, oh, quads are better than dirt bikes. 
You know, I just I have to prove this right. Right. I well, guess he kept calling into the show too afterwards. He just kept calling in and calling in, and they're like, "Nope, no more hammy." Oh, really? On uh, this this current this last Monday night. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, he was on three times the Monday before and called four times. Well, I was wondering if he did that on purpose because I just assume he was listening. He had to know it was you. And the last time when you were on the were you on the phone or were you in studio when R when RV didn't know? Yeah, I think you were on the phone. You were on the phone with A Ray and RV was like, "Are you an amateur writer?" He didn't know who you were, and I know that kind of that sucks. But I was wondering oh, if he was just that, busting. That was so brutal. It was. I felt really bad for you. And I thought he might have been joking at first, but then I talked to you later, and maybe he wasn't joking. But I was wondering if Hammy was just busting your balls. Yeah, maybe he was. I don't know. Yeah, well, we'll find out. I'll have to. I'll, I'll message him and, and later and see. But that's. I took it as he was busting your balls, based off the RV statement, and that's why I laughed because I was like, "Oh, that was pretty quick witted." Um, but look, I don't know. Hammy, Hammy supports the the quad guys. I want to touch on a couple more things with quads. I did think JB's uh, comment that they feel like it feels like a, a washing machine being thrown out of a six story window. That's probably I've never rode a race quad, so I can't tell you, but I can picture it pretty clearly after he said that. James, you've been uh, much of a quad guy in your life. I think you did say you rode quads and three wheelers, right? Well, I did, yeah, I grew up riding three wheelers and quads out in the hills and in the desert in California. And, yeah. Um, and yeah, they're heavy um, <laughs> and difficult to manipulate in the air. And um, I've had one roll over on top of me. And um, yeah, I, I think uh, Justin's description of throwing the washing machine out the window was uh, it's pretty funny and, yeah. and probably a little accurate, a little accurate to uh, um, to most guys that haven't jumped on, but. Um, we do sponsor um, some professional quad racers, and um, when you when you watch a skilled rider um, jump something and you know manipulate it and put it where they want uh, in the air, and, and uh, um, it's I'd say it's um, almost up there with the technique level of a motocross rider or pro supercross rider. Well, Steve would probably disagree with you, but I can't say because I've never rode one. So I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you for now. Uh, before we continue, I do want to thank the sponsors of the show, uh, Guts Racing for coming on board with the Pulp Mix Wrap Up Show, Michelin Bicycle Tires, and Motorsport.com all helping out supporting the show, uh, as well as all the other sponsors, including Vertex Pistons, Fly Racing, Eagle Grit, everybody else on board. You can find at PulpMXShow.com. Um, go on there. There's sponsor links. There's discount codes or emails to to email for discount codes. Um, you know, right now in this time where everybody people are out of work, uh, every little bit helps. So those guys support the shows and make them happen that we love to listen to. So go support those sponsors. Uh, hell, in the last couple of weeks, I've been using the Amazon link on the Pulp Show, and I've cl- ordered Art of Art of Sport deodorant and. Uh, Body wash. I've I've ordered all kinds of stuff. I ordered some stuff from Works Connection, so I'm spending money left and right and using those codes. So you guys do it too. Um, apparently, Cade Kiefer is all in for Quad Nationals. Do you think that's legit? You think he'd actually do it? Oh uh, man, he probably wants to qualify for something. I don't know. <laughs> you know? Okay. Okay. But no, I'm just playing. Uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be fun. It'd be funny uh, for sure. Uh, I mean, I think, you know, if he actually put the time in, I think he could make it happen. Yeah. Um, like I said, I mean, I don't think it's impossible. You know, I think, 
Like I've gone on a snowmobile and a snow bike and stuff and rode them and been, you know, you know, capable. You know what I mean? Like I'm not anywhere near like what those guys are, but, um, if I spend enough time on it, I could, I could probably make something happen. Right. Do I think I can go out and get fit? I mean, no, like I was just, you know, my biggest thing is I don't want people to like take it as like, I'm trying to insult, you know, an actual quad dude because quad dudes are freaking nice. Yeah. I, I would agree with you. I, I, my producer for my show, he's, he's an ex quad racer and I bust his balls all the time. But the reality is the guys at the top level, of any motorsport, you know, and we talk about quads or, or snowmobile, snowmobile racing, like you said, or man, snowcross. Those guys are so talented. Most of them seem like they're good at everything. They can adjust. So, but it again, just as we talked about, it's part of the the, the entertainment side of the show, and we love it. Um, you know, Nick Nick Janusa called in, and um, this is here's where Steve lost his mind. So this uh, Nick Janusa, who I think he was the guy that said he was like fifth place he was the fifth place guy over the last few years and you googled him if i'm not mistaken cade came on and said that he thinks mm-hmm. he'd be closer on a bike than you know a moto guy would be on a quad and steve pretty much just came unglued right here and said he'd had it with the quad guys he was over it um and i always love it i think we all do james when steve loses his mind a little bit um that was definitely one of my favorite moments yeah hey, he uh <laughs> He definitely had enough. Yeah. Um, and he, I guess my thoughts on the on the situation are: is I bet the the level of depth is probably a little bit um, more difficult in motocross supercross. Maybe there's you know there's there's more people um, trying to be pro motocrossers and pro supercross racers than maybe pro ATV racers. Um, Maybe I'm wrong on that, but um, based on my point, maybe the level of competition is a little deeper um, on the motorcycle side than it is on the ATV side. Right. Yeah, um, I think that's fair. It, it is funny. It is funny to see Steve um, basically not. Well, I guess lose his temper and just be like <laughs> and just shut it down and and hang up on somebody sometimes. Um, but um, I I don't. I think this is going to go on like. Uh, the uh, Chick-fil-A story. Yes, I, yes, I think yes. It's going gonna, it's gonna to drag on for months, and it's probably not going to get settled until um, something new happens or they actually um, put a head-to-head challenge together with somebody. Yeah, it's definitely going to draw draw out, and especially as long as people keep you know saying they're over it and they don't want to hear about it anymore, Steve's going to you know run it in the ground because I don't think he cares if, I think that actually will fire him up even more. Uh, okay, let's talk about a couple more topics before we oh, wrap this. I'd, love to, oh, I'd go ahead. love to hear it. Yeah, yeah, me too. I, I agree. I like it, so I'm good. Um, and he, by the way, he's wrong about Chick-fil-A, but anyway. Um, okay, a couple more topics I want to touch on, but first, if you guys have any content that you want brought up, like uh, the Hello Pookie segment I'm doing once a month, if you got any questions for Pookie, anything you want to know about Pookie, anything you want to hear, talk about. Email me, darkside at pulpamex.com. I'll get those recorded. We're going to be doing some more of those, so please do that. Uh, I really like that segment. I think a lot of people enjoy it. Um, all right, so a couple more things. Flat track champion Jared Mees, I hope I'm saying that right, came on. Um, I didn't know much about Jared, or I didn't know anything about Jared, to be honest, Cade. Um, pretty interesting, though. Those guys are gnarly uh, to go that fast. And then t- hearing them talk about, like, you know, jumping the bikes and 
all that stuff, uh, like way, way outside in my comfort level. But Jared was, I thought Jared was good. Jared was sweet. Um, yeah, I don't know much about flat track either. And obviously we all kind of see what Sipes did and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was cool to see, um, you know, his side of it and, you know, talk about his class. Um, it was uh, it was kind of an eye-opener. I had no idea that that uh, one track, um, I can't remember what it was called. I think it started with a P. Um, that has a, that has a big jump. Peoria, um, I think. We were talking to him on the, Peoria, yeah. While we were talking on the phone, I actually pulled it up on my on my uh, computer, man, and I looked at it. And that, he's like, not kidding. Like they actually like sky out these motorcycles, and it's like those things are heavy, dude. Yeah. So it was uh, it's it's pretty cool to see like what what they're capable of on those things, um, because they rip, man. Like those dudes do like hundred plus mile an hour all the time. So it's uh, it's pretty sick. Um, and just to hear, you know, kind of their side, it, it was mind blowing to me that they don't really get to practice. Um, considering, you know, we practice basically every day. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I couldn't imagine like trying to go racing at such a high level and not even really being able to practice almost ever. Yeah, you, you, a lot of other motorsports that way. You know, whether you take NASCAR, well, NASCAR, they get test days every once in a while, but they don't get to go practice two or three times a day. And then I interviewed Ricky Brabeck uh, yesterday or a couple of days ago for a Cherubis, and he talked, you know, about that with Rally. Like they, he can go out and ride in the desert stuff, but they don't get to, they don't get to go to like. Where you know to uh, Dakar and, and practice or whatever in the in the actual conditions, which yeah. So you guys, I think, are pretty lucky when it comes to moto of having tracks all over and supercross tracks and getting that because yeah, it would be very difficult to just jump in and adjust like day of. Um, James, you had some thoughts on Jared and and this, that same topic. Yeah, um, exactly. That's what caught my ear in in listening to him was. You know he's a, a multi-time champion, and I I would just assume that he's got a groomed um, either short track or half mile or mile track somewhere that he can just go rip laps on. Right. And it shocked me that it shocked me that uh, he he uh, practices moto more than anything really. So it really kind of shows what kind of I was thinking about was it shows that. Um, those guys really get their technique and their and their style down on the racetrack. Yeah, on race day, and, right? Uh, and trained and so that, trained that in, me. Yeah, and trained using motocross, which you said surprised you. And um, I, I know Ben Spees pretty well, and he's actually lives near me. And um, recently talked to him, and he talked about that too. Like literally in the town I live in. He said, dude, we had a little flat track and motocross track in, in the town where you live. And he told me where it, was, it used to be, and they would come ride flat track and motocross to prepare for road racing, which, again, you, like to me, that wouldn't really translate. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it does in some aspects. But, it, yeah, very, very interesting. And another, you know, I'm going to get blamed for, you know, blowing Steve all the time. But, again, another highlight or a, good, a positive of his show is – it's the Pulp Mech Show, but he has Jared Mees on, right, who's a flat tracker. Uh, he says he doesn't like amateur racing, but he has had Carson Mumford on and Ryder D's called in, uh, you know, and he'll have, you know, he's had Ricky Brayback in, you know. So he he will spread the love of two-wheel racing through other forms and get those, uh, you know, get me at least learning stuff. Because, like, again, I didn't even know who Jared Mees was, and, uh, you know, I, I want to definitely gonna look him up now, and... I probably would not have if not for the Pulp Mech Show. So, as always, good job there. Um, all right, Justin Jones, son of Gary Jones, 
called in and had a couple things to talk about. And you had, uh, I know you have a story, James, about his dad, Gary. What do you think of Justin? And then tell me the story. Uh, okay, so um, both Gary and Justin raced Loretta's um, within the last ten years, and uh, so I got to meet them there. Um, and uh, just Justin stands out because he's really tall and kind of lengthy. And as I became a fan of his, um, because he's also an off-road racer, um, he's done Baja. I think he's won Baja a few times. He's been on the winning team. Um, he was also an, uh, a team member of Team USA on the ISBE team. And, That's rad. Uh, yeah, very rad and, and, and kind of um, uh, hits close to my heart because being an off-road guy. Um, and I believe he got gold. Um, the team didn't win, but I think he got gold. Uh, I think it may have been the year Zach Osborne was on the team. Okay, okay. But, uh, um, not sure about that, but... Uh, through the industry, I I uh, I've developed some friendships with other industry guys, and one of those guys is Ron Henson. Um, um, Gary um, does some uh, work also with the Hensons, and, and as Justin mentioned, uh, he was doing some clutch testing for the Hensons. And just happenstance, I happened to be in California, and it was around Thanksgiving, and um, I needed a paddle tire mounted on my on a rim so that I could go to Glass for Thanksgiving, and um, lo and behold, Gary Jones mounts my paddle tire for me. Oh, wow. All um, right. Not, right. And not, not that I couldn't do it, but it's just that he, he, uh, um, he was able to do it and, and deliver it to me. And, uh, I'm just, I was kind of in awe, you know, multi-time national champion, um, putting a paddle tire on for me. So. Heck yeah. Um, that's a pretty cool story. I like that. Yeah. Well, I thought um, Justin was good. Again, I didn't know much about Justin, Cade. Um, I'm going to assume that you didn't. What do you think of Justin? Hey, he seemed like a cool guy. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I felt kind of lost a lot of the show because I didn't really know a ton of like the old school stuff. I didn't really know who he was. Um, so a lot of the time, I was kind of lost. So like the show was really fun to me because I was learning a lot and able to ask questions that you know, obviously, if I was just listening at home, I wouldn't be able to yeah. ask unless I called in and, you know, then you only get one really. So it was cool that I was able to learn so much about uh, different people throughout the entire show. Yeah, I could tell, you know, and again, you, you made a couple comments that you didn't know about certain topics, but which again, I think that's cool that you admitted that, but uh, I could tell you were taking it all in and yeah, it was, it was interesting because I, I, again, I watched the whole thing on Facebook live. um, So I, you know, I could see your guys pretty much every move, which again, I love the fact that Steve does that on Facebook and YouTube. Um, but yes, it, it was, it's cool watching you learn and, and some of the, a lot of stuff I didn't know. So, uh, always, always something to learn from the Pulp Mech show. Last topic I want to touch on, James, you just said you're an off-road guy early in the beginning of the show. Uh, Steve was talking to talent about riding uh single track and ta- with talent, the producer, not, not talent, Volan, but talent, the producer. And, uh, you, you kind of like that because of your off-road guy, and I think they actually went riding yesterday, it looked like, on Instagram. Do you see any of that? I didn't see any of the Instagram, um, but, yeah, uh, it immediately uh, caught my ear because I know um, Steve has openly uh, made fun of Kiefer for riding on the desert on his on his um, high-des tracks and <laughs> going past the, the washing machine and the broke-down cars. and yeah. 
whatever else is out in the desert. Which, um, by the way, sorry, and, to, sorry to interrupt, but I asked Ricky Brabeck yeah. about that, and he said, yeah, that's very accurate. So uh, I, I felt Dude, like... it's like that everywhere. Okay. It's crazy. It's like every... It's like that's an off-road thing. Like, people, like I don't know who what people just go out and drop a washing machine in the desert, but... But, like, yeah, how but do they... Literally, okay. and you use it to turn. So, okay... These these turn tracks, guys, I'm not out in SoCal anymore. I mean, I was like 15 when I was. We rode in the desert, but I don't remember seeing any of that stuff. So are these like right off the highway, or are people like going in their off-road Jeeps and buggies and dumping washing machines like way out in the desert? Either one of you. Oh, I mean, I think I think right a little, though. Okay. That's, that's crazy. Okay, anyway, I apologize for interrupting you there, uh, James, but get, go back to your story. I'm sorry. Oh, um, so... Uh, Steve's kind of being against uh, going out in the desert and yeah. just riding and having fun. Um, and then he he starts a conversation with uh, Talon about going out and riding some single track. That immediately caught my ear. And then um, Holly jumps in and, and uh, says that he's been out riding with uh, some friends of his. and uh, He's got some property by Bean Canyon, which I, I kind of know where that's at. And so it just made my ears perk up as an off-road guy and um, I don't know if that helps, um, you know, more listeners um, listen more closely to what Steve's doing because he's kind of broadened mm-hmm. uh, some of some of his experiences. But um, regardless, it was it was just cool to hear that he's going to go ride some single track, and that's what I love to do. So yeah, uh, that made me listen closer. I would have to think that there are a lot of people that listen that don't ride moto. You know, they might like motocross and they 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 watch Supercross on TV, but when they get it with their families, they go trail riding or they go, you know, whether it be the East Coast, like I said, trail riding cross country or out in the West Coast and they're out in the desert. So I think hearing that kind of stuff is definitely good for the listeners. Uh, you know, and again, that's part of why I think Steve takes the the time and the initiative to actually bust the balls of the people that do do that and kind of act like he doesn't like it. But I think it's just like you said earlier, James, it's just him stirring the pot and he knows that's good for the show. Uh, and part of that's just his personality. He likes, he likes messing with people. So, uh, he does a great job of that. All right. So last thing I want to ask, uh, with you, James, so how did Vertex Pistons get involved with, uh, Pulpamex? Were you, was that because of you? Was this, you know, was Vertex already involved? I don't know the history. Um, so it was because of me, um, as a fan of, of basically almost all the history podcasts that Steve has done. Um, I, I literally think I've started listening since 2008. Um, and just seeing the opportunity that Steve gives back to the industry and, and what he helps listeners with, um, uh, discounts on products. Uh, the way he supports the riders, especially the privateers, mm-hmm. um, that that really caught my uh, attention when we uh, were considering coming on board. And um, I think it may have been like high point. I talked to Steve as he was walking through the pits with J Bone, and uh, was just like, "Hey man, I, I'd be interested in supporting the show. I'd like some information on what it would take to become a sponsor." and that's kind of how it evolved. Okay. And um, uh, I don't come on the show nearly as much as some of the other sponsors, uh, Randy and um, some of the others, but um, that's not why I'm really in it. Um, I'm in it to support the show and support 
um, you know, the listeners and give them an opportunity to use our product at a, at a discount. But um, the my idea is, is just supporting Steve and what he does uh, for the industry. Yeah. Um, well, as far as advertising and marketing goes for the business overall, d- does Pulpamex, do you see the biggest amount of feedback from fans from Pulpamex, or is it in the top, you know, two or three of your advertising bases? As far as the um, the exposure, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And um, the the listeners that redeem the Pulpamex code through our customer service department is it, you know, we're not paying the bills by the, you know, we're not, we're not, um, sh- we're not shifting any money there through the distribution channel, but, um, it's definitely got a decent reduction rate where, uh, we're getting a few people every week, um, asking questions on compression ratios of pistons or, um, asking if we have full engine rebuild kits and through our wrench rabbit brand, um, for certain model bikes and um it's it's definitely been a great outlet for us to um get exposure to a much broader base of the, of the market yeah awesome and well i think all the advertisers on pulp mix are very happy with what steve does hey Kay, did you know all ktms come with a vertex piston from the oem from from the factory yeah did you know that they're made in italy I did. Where'd you learn that? Uh, the show. I actually like. I wanted to like read that ad with him. I was like, I don't remember. We were like getting ready for the show, and I was like trying to get him to give it to me so that I, as he read it, I could like read it the uh, the next part of it back to him. But we didn't do it. Oh, that would have been good. Oh. Yeah, awesome. Because it's like really funny. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, I think that's uh, that's the show for tonight. I really appreciate you coming on, Cade and James. Uh, um, James, again, thank you so much for your help. Um, I actually probably need to reach out to you about the Wrench Rabbit kit because, like Mark's, I also have an 06 CRF450 that is tore down. Uh, it needs a top end and crank and all that stuff, and I've just been looking at it because I don't want to spend the money on it, but it needs to happen. Um, so, yeah, I'll probably be reaching out to you pretty soon. And using that discount code for that also. But guys, thank you so much. I, I hope you had a good time. But that's a wrap. Right. Thanks, Darkside. Got it. Thanks, Kate. Hey, thanks, Darkside. I appreciate it. Oh man, I appreciate you. But all right, guys, that's it. We're out. Why would you want to re-talk about the pulp show? Yeah.